Hello, and welcome to episode 502 of From Paper to People. My name is Carolyn Neelachlan. I am your hostess with the mostess, and this is the genealogy podcast sponsored by Ancestors Alive Genealogy. So what are we talking about today? Hashtag BioAday2022, specifically my third great-grandfather, Calvin Walker. I'm going to be throughout the season reading you these various biographies that I write because I want you to understand that there are all these different ways of going about doing this and that doing this work of writing out, whether it's a short or a long biography about someone you knew or someone you never met, someone you could never meet because that person lived so long ago, no matter what, when you do the writing, you learn things that you never would have learned otherwise. So here we go. Calvin Walker was my third great-grandfather, and the only thing I ever really knew about him was that he was born in Kentucky, that he was from a family in Lexington, Kentucky. I knew that he was of Scots-Irish stock. I knew that there was one photograph of him. It's a tintype. And it's really cloudy and not very easy to see what's going on in this photograph. But it's him sitting in a studio, a studio photograph of some kind. And that it was probably taken early-ish, probably about 1870 or so. And that's pretty much all I had. I really didn't know much about him. So I want to tell you about how it is that I went about writing his biography. And I want to give you the sort of the TikTok. So here's how it started. I went to Ancestry and I pulled the life sketch. If you look at an individual's profile, you'll see that the leftmost option is life sketch. It's one word. And you can copy that out and paste it anywhere you want to. And so that's the thing I wanted to start with. And in all these cases, that's what I'm doing. So I highlighted it, control C, pasted it, and then started working from there. This is what I started with from Ancestry. And it's auto-generated, by the way. It's generated as a result of the facts that you enter, whether those facts come from personal documents and private knowledge of a person, or they come from vital records that you attach to the person's profile in Ancestry. It builds a profile, and this is what it sounds like. When Calvin Walker was born on December 12, 1817 in Fayette, Kentucky, his father Andrew was 33 and his mother Ruth was 30. He married Emma Pig and they had two children together. He then married Mira Ann Reed in 1858 in Indiana. He died on September 30, 1884 in New Ross, Indiana at the age of 66. That was the best that I could get. So I highlighted the whole thing. Control seed to copy, went into family search, pasted it in the life sketch there. How did I build the story that I got? In his case, because I didn't know him, I had to look at all of the original documentation that was in place for him. And that meant going through everything that I had attached, all of the vital records that were there, 
him having been born in in like 1815 1817 because those dates are a little bit sketchy that there are a variety of of years shown for him throughout his life it having been that old i was not going to find you know his birth certificate birth certificates didn't exist in 1817 or 1815 or whenever exactly it was that he was born all i really had was a couple of really kind of interesting, bizarre records. And I had Find a Grave. And there's a whole thing that comes up about that that's pretty cool. And I had the basics of census records. Census records really helped a lot. So I'm going to tell you where I got all this stuff. If it doesn't already come from the biography itself, I'm going to give it to you when I get there at the end. Okay. So that short paragraph turned into this. Calvin Walker was born on 12 December 1817 in Fayette County, Kentucky. His father, Andrew, was 33 and his mother, Ruth Latta, was 30. Calvin was the last of five children. In 1829, at age 14, Calvin is listed in Whitley's A Checklist of Kentucky Cabinet Makers as being orphaned and apprenticed to a local cabinet maker. The 1840 census shows Calvin living alone in Edmondson County, Kentucky. On 16 April 1845, Calvin married Emma Pig in Lexington, Fayette, Kentucky. They had two children together, Albert Bell, 1846 to 1916, and Emma Cleora, 1848 to 1924. Emma Pig Walker died of cholera, in 1849, a common cause of death in that area in Lexington, leaving Calvin a widower with two small children. The 1850 census shows Calvin and the children living in Lexington, but by 1855, Calvin moved with his children to Montgomery County, Indiana. Census records show that his sisters, Betsy and Narcissa, followed him there by 1860. Once settled in the Crawfordsville area, Calvin met and married Mira Ann Reed Masterson, a widow, around 1858. The 1860 census shows Calvin, Mira Ann, Albert Bell, Cleora, and Mira Ann's two sons from her first marriage, Charles and William Masterson, living in Crawfordsville, Montgomery, Indiana. They ran the Hotel Virginia House. In 1870's census, Calvin and family are still listed as living in Crawfordsville, Calvin is a carpenter with $3,500 in real estate property and $30,000 in personal property. His wife and stepsons are there with him, but Cleora is living with her husband, Dr. Homer Bowers, and Belle is living in eastern Illinois, searching for work as a carpenter after serving in the Civil War. There is one surviving tintype of Calvin in which he is holding a mandolin. He must have been a musician, and having been a cabinet maker since childhood, he probably made the instrument. Calvin's final appearance in the census was in 1880, by which time he was widowed again. He was living with Cleora and the Bowers family on Main Street in New Ross, Montgomery, Indiana, still working as a carpenter. Calvin died on 29 September 1884 in New Ross, Indiana, at the age of 66. He was buried in an unmarked grave in the Masterson plot at the Masonic Cemetery in Crawfordsville. The obituary 
from the Crawfordsville Star, Thursday, 2 October 1884, reads, Calvin Walker died at New Ross on Monday, aged 73 years. His remains were brought to Crawfordsville for interment at Masonic Cemetery, and the funeral occurred Tuesday morning under the auspices of the Masonic Lodge of this city. Mr. Walker, for many years, was a citizen of this city and was widely known among our older residents. Okay, a lot went into this. I want you to understand how I derived this story from that little bit of information from Ancestry and a photograph and a couple of other documents that turned up that are named here, for instance, the A Checklist of Kentucky Cabinet Makers. How crazy is that? I, I had no idea that such a document existed, and yet there it is in Ancestry. Also note that some of these documents came from Ancestry, but I hadn't made a really close study of them. And some of the documentation, like Emma Pig's marriage to Calvin Walker, came from documents that were on Family Search. So working back and forth between the two platforms was definitely my friend. What I did was I went through everything that I had attached to Calvin in Ancestry, and I looked at it in chronological order. And that's how I pulled details that I had never paid attention to before. Like, for instance, the move from Lexington to Indiana happened somewhere between 1850 and 1855. I'd never even been able to nail that down in my mind, just kind of what I was carrying around in my head about him, because I'd never really thought about it. And I hadn't committed it to paper or to any kind of a, an online document. In fact, that information about the move in 1855 comes from a document or an account that I found at genealogytrails.com in the Indiana Montgomery County Walnut Township biography section. I'd added it to the tree as a citation that I'd manually entered, but I'd never put it together in my mind. It just sat there looking at me from the chronology. And as a result, I had something specific about him. I didn't also, I didn't think about it. I didn't realize that he had actually left Lexington for a while, and he had lived in Edmondson County, Kentucky. Edmondson County, Kentucky is kind of across the state. It's where the mammoth caves are. I've even been there. And he lived there, and I had no idea. I certainly have been to Lexington because I have family there now, and I do understand where that is as opposed to where he ended up because I used to live kind of near Crawfordsville and New Ross, and I've certainly been there as well. But it really blew me away to see that I could place these moves in his life. I didn't realize even that he was orphaned when he was 14, it, it just wasn't something that entered into my consciousness. And it started to build for me who this guy was. He really experienced a lot of loss. His parents predeceased him. And then he became apprentice to a cabinet maker. And then he got married and he had two children with his wife. And then she predeceased him. And then they moved up to Indiana and he got married again. And then that wife predeceased him. So he had a lot of loss. But there's another thing that I didn't really think about. Well, first off, the 1860 census telling me 
that they ran the Hotel Virginia house. What? What is that? The way that I found that was looking at the original document, you know, in United States Census records. If you turn it sideways and you look at what is the left-hand margin, you see that handwritten in, not on a line or anything, just handwritten in the margin, is the name of the street or streets where the census is being taken. And they lived in a building that housed a bunch of people they were not related to. And I thought, what's up with that? And I turned the census sideways. And lo and behold, instead of having a street address, it said the Hotel Virginia House. So they ran some kind of a boarding house or something. And that was a business that he had with his new wife, his second wife. And whether that was her business or his business, I'm not really sure, but you better believe that's something I'm going to be digging into soon. The other thing that really surprised me, and I mean really surprised me, was the amount of real estate property and personal property that he had accumulated by the 1870s, by 1870 specifically, and and that census. And it highlights something that we don't talk about enough, but that is very true in genealogy and in life. If you're white in the United States, you have a better chance of accumulating generational wealth than if you are black or Latino or a lot of other minority populations. This soon after the war. It is amazing to me because he had a trade, the trade of cabinet maker, that Calvin was able to accumulate $30,000 in personal property. A bunch of that must have been tools, you got to think. But I don't think that I have $30,000 worth of personal property. I mean, honestly, it's amazing to me. And that's $1,870? That's $1,870. I I can't even imagine. I'd have to Google that to find out what that's worth in today's dollars. So that really kind of blew me away. Now, this tintype that I've had forever, I've got this stuff from, I can't remember, my grandparents, I guess. We have a wealth of family photographs. I have family photographs of his two stepsons. I have family photographs of both of his children and of uh, my my, uh, second great-grandmother's family and everything like that. And I had looked at the tintype and I saw that, okay, he's seated. He's wearing a very jaunty and fashionable little hat. He has white hair that's about down to his collar and All I ever noticed, because it's really cloudy and it's hard to see what's going on in this photograph, was that there was something stilted and and odd about the way that he was holding his arms or his hands, but it was really hard to decipher. And a couple months back, I went into an app and I did a little bit of editing, a little bit of photo editing. And as I looked at it, and as I got it a little bit clearer, I realized he was holding a mandolin. And then he's a cabinet maker. I think he made the mandolin. Not only was he a musician, but I think he made the instrument that he was holding. I can't be sure about that, but I think it's a really intriguing notion. So there's that. Regardless of what year precisely he was born in, was he born in 1815? Was he born in 1817? Whatever. By the time we get to his death date, 
there's a very clear picture of what his life looked like. I find it fascinating. It points something up that's very important that I want everyone to remember. So many times I see people tweeting about or posting on Facebook ideas like, oh, well, my ancestors didn't really do anything important. Or, oh, they were just farmers. There's no such thing as just farmers. Everybody did something important because everybody is important. This is a guy that doesn't play into your life and plays into my life in a kind of a small way. There are only a few of us who are alive who are descended of him. I think there are five or six of us and that's it. But the fact is that this is a life that was worth documenting. And every life is. And that's what's important about doing BioAday 2022. If you don't do it every day, that's fine. You want to do it once a week or once every 10 days or just once every time you can? That's great. All you have to do, it's so simple. Just control C to copy the life story that's auto-generated in Ancestry, paste it into, I don't know, a Google Doc or something like that. Start working with your sources, whatever you've got, and build a narrative. That's it. Took me about an hour to write this. And it's uh, a page and a little more when printed out. Single spaced, it's, uh, it's just pretty much a page. But it's really worth doing. I hope you'll join me in doing this. I will be talking with you throughout the season about future ones that I've done because some of them are going to come a lot from newspaper articles. I've already got that going on. And uh, some of them will just be coming from census records. And some of them will be coming from all kinds of books and things because I've got some kind of famous things that happened in my family on one side. And some will be coming primarily from recollections of family members where I'm literally calling them up on the phone and saying, what do you remember about great grandma? And they'll tell me. So there are all these different ways to source it. But writing out these biographies, even if you don't put them in a family tree, and you just keep them in a Google Doc or, you know, something like that for yourself, or if you blog about them, or if you put them in WikiTree, or I don't know, if you put them in a file somewhere, just in a file folder, whatever it is that you do, please be sure to try. Just try. And I hope that you have as much fun and success as I did in documenting Calvin Walker's life. That's it for this week. Join me on BioAday 2022. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Facebook, Ancestors Alive Genealogy and From Paper to People podcast. Join the Facebook group From Paper to People podcast. If you do, please be sure to answer all of the entry questions so that I can look through them, screen you, know you're real and let you right on in. If you want to be on the podcast, let me know. There's a contact form on the website, ancestorsalivegenealogy.com. And in the meantime, you know what I always say, do your research. Don't be a Jeffrey. Try BioAday 2022. And above all, expect surprises.